and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. We had the pleasure of hosting Roger Dow, President and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, at North Star's recent Leadership Forum in Sea Island, Georgia. In a live Q&A, we discussed how the travel industry, including meetings and events, has proven surprisingly resilient during a time of global instability and security concerns. But this is not the time to let down our guard. As an industry, we need to make a strong business case for the value of meetings and take that message outside of our industry, talking to city leaders, corporate executives, and policymakers. In this wide-ranging discussion, we also talked about over-tourism, flight shaming, and other timely topics. Well, the great thing about D.C. is the ability to be here. Uh, nothing's happening in D.C. It's one of the more frustrating things in the world. Uh, and the interesting thing I think about D.C. is uh, everyone is so obsessed with D.C., but then when you get outside a place like this, it's like, who's going to be number one in uh, football? Is it going to be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson? Who knows? But that, that's what we want to talk about. So D.C. is a tough place, and uh, getting things done these days is harder than ever. How are we doing as the travel and meetings industry? How, how has our year been? It's a good year. Uh, meetings have been uh, doing very well. Uh, they were down several years ago, but have been coming back uh, several percent every year. So meetings are strong. I, one thing that concerns me, Lauren, is we're on a 123 straight months of growth. Think of that. 123 straight months, meaning every single month for 10 and a quarter years has been better than the month before. Nothing stays like that. So I think, think about the meetings industry, we should be thinking about what could happen. And someone asked me last night, do you see you know, a recession? And there's not a sign that we can see that says recession. Everyone, I think we're going to talk ourselves into one. But the bottom line, there's not one sign that we can see that says there's going to be a recession. But the bottom line, we, we think there's going to be a little dip third quarter. After that, things still look okay. Okay, that's good news. And how is the U.S. meetings business doing in comparison to other industries? Well, if you look at uh, U.S. meetings business, it, it's, it's strong. One of the things that concerns me, I'm going to drift away from meetings for a second, is the international business. I think so important to so many events is the international audience, and we're losing share in international business, uh, to give you an idea. And we're not going down. We're up like 2%, but the rest of the world's up 6 to 8%. 2015, we had 13.7% share of all international travel. Last year, we had 11.7%. It's not so bad. 2%, what the heck, 123 straight months of growth. That 2% is 14 million visitors, uh, $59 billion, and 120,000 jobs. So you, you just see how powerful this industry is if just a, goes one way or the other. And so right now, from a meeting standpoint, we're doing well compared to other businesses, but we're at the mercy of all other businesses. If the auto business is down, well, guess what? Those that have automobile business uh, meetings, they're going to be down. So it's, we're at the mercy of whatever happens in every other sector. And going back to why we're losing the um, share of international business, what are some of the factors and what can we do about it? First of all, everyone wants to say, hey, it's got to be the president. There's no question about it. But what actually it is, it started in 2015, as I mentioned. The biggest thing is the strong dollar. Our dollar is so strong and has been for several years that it's more expensive to get here. 
the second thing is uh, weaker economies. So you look at p places in South America, Latin America, parts of Europe, to get some more expensive to be here. The third thing is the uh, proliferation of uh, low-cost carriers all around the world. So uh, all the Ryanairs, et cetera. So you can go to so many other places from Europe versus coming to the U.S. And then the last piece is, again, we're not having a welcoming message. The thing that concerns me most probably of all this is it's gone from number nine up to number one or two of concerns of people is, is crime and safety. Media is so, when something happens, it's worldwide news. And people in China and places like that are saying, hey, is it safe to come to America? And I think that's something we really, and I don't know what we can do about it, but the bottom line is something we really, it could be Achilles heel for us. I was um, just as an aside um, talking to somebody who was from the UK at a, me at a meeting recently here and he said my wife is terrified that I'm in the US and I, I have to check in every half an hour because she's afraid I'm going to get shot. You know, I mean, and, that, and that's a reality for, for our yeah. business. Can you tell us a little bit about the status of Brand USA and some of your efforts? We started Brand USA uh, 2010 and it has to be renewed every five years. So it's a five-year deal. So in 2014, we got it renewed through 2020. So Brand USA goes away September 30th of next year if we don't do something about it. So we've got to get it reauthorized. Well, the problem is, is nothing is moving in Washington. Brand USA, it's, it's a white hat uh, thing. Everyone loves it. Uh, we've got 52 senators that are saying we'll vote for it in a second. Uh, we've got 120 members of Congress, of the House that have voted for it. But the, so it's not going to be a problem to get it reauthorized, but it's going to get a problem to get it voted on. So we're, we're hoping this week to get it attached to the continuing resolution to keep the government open. We're hoping. There's one congressman from uh, New Jersey who's trying to stop it for no good reason whatsoever. But the bottom line, it's, it's a challenge. So we'll get it done. But the problem with Brand USA, if we don't get it reauthorized fairly soon, then people out here that have money to put somewhere, <clears throat> you're going to Steve Moore's going to say, hey, wait a minute, it's not going to be around. Am I going to put my Phoenix money somewhere else? And my golf course, maybe. I don't know. But the bottom line is uh, we've got to make sure we get it reauthorized because people start pulling funds. It, it will get done, but it's a matter of we've got to get it done really, really soon. Can you tell us uh, also about the Meetings Mean Business Coalition and what you know? what's the next <coughs> step and some initiatives there? Yeah, Meetings Mean Business, uh, now in this room you all remember, we got caught flat-footed, I mean totally flat-footed in 2007, 2008 when the meetings business started going down. You recall that the president had just been re-elected, or elected, President Obama, and he said, you know, you can't go to Las Vegas or the Super Bowl. Sorry, sorry, Amy. Uh, you can't go to Las Vegas or the Super Bowl on the taxpayer's dime. And uh, everyone followed, everyone piled on. And as a meetings industry, we were in really, really tough shape because Congress people were saying, hey, if you go to a resort, if you go to a place like this, you're a bad person. We, we learned in our vocabulary something called the AIG effect, uh, where AIG pulled a meeting out of Las Vegas, paid the win $650,000 cancellation fee to put the same meeting in San Francisco for $800,000. They were so terrified of being seen. So, and and we, were, we were caught totally flat-footed. Uh, the whole industry came together, and this is before Paul was there, but I called MPI and I said, how big is the meetings industry? We, we weren't even in the meetings business at U.S. travel. We were mostly international travel. And they said, it's really big. I said, no, no, how big? How many billion dollars? Oh, a lot. 
We had no data. We knew nothing. And it was, I mean, can you imagine the industry? We knew nothing about how big it was, how many meetings there were. And, and so we came together as an industry. The whole alphabet soup got together and, and formed something called Meetings Between Business. And that was 10 years ago. It's been getting revitalized more and more every year. We've got Paul Vandeventer has been a chair. Richard Harper's been a chair. David Peckinpah, just people here have uh, volunteered and chaired it, which uh, has really made a big difference. And we have something called Global Meetings Industry Day, and it happens every year, and uh, it's, it's, gets, it's just to put attention on meetings. We're, what we're doing in Meetings Meeting Business now is telling the story, telling the story why meetings are important, why nothing gets done without a face-to-face meeting and, and how important it is, and telling those stories. And uh, Global Meetings Industry Day, uh, we had 250 participating cities and locations around the world. They ended up with um, 275 media spots, big, you know, a media saying, today, Global Meetings Industry Day, talking about meetings, uh, 88 million impressions. So the whole thing is we never want to get caught flat-footed again. So Meetings Union Business is really like an insurance policy to get people to understand without meetings, uh, economy doesn't thrive. And is that message hampered at all by sustainability efforts and flight shaming? Because we're hearing, you know, organizations that say they don't want the carbon footprint and it's not responsible to travel. Yeah, this is uh, the whole thing on sustainability. I, and I, I don't even like the word sustainability. I'd rather say responsible travel and <clears throat> because it takes on so many different things. Beyond, people just think climate or, or carbon footprint, but there's so many other things. But it's, it's getting louder and louder from a noise level. I mean, every company's worrying about it. And, and my, my feeling on this, you know, if we're not at the table, the old thing, we're going to be on the menu. There's all sorts of research that people say they're not going to travel somewhere. The president of KLM, I can't, can you believe this, got, got a TV spot and said, we're canceling our, our board meeting. If you don't have to make that trip, don't make it. I mean, can you imagine a head of an airline saying, don't take that trip? But they're getting so much pressure in Europe by these folks. Hasn't quite come here yet, but we've got to make sure we're telling our story, that we're out there. I, I believe, now this won't make any difference to the folks that are really pushing against travel and flight shaming, etc., but I think we're actually much more responsible from a carbon standpoint than we're here. Think of it. You're here, you're sitting here, you didn't drive your car back and forth to get to work all day, you're just sitting here, you're in a nice hotel room, but the bottom line, not your 4,000 square foot house. They're cooking the meals for everybody versus you cooking meals. But that kind of stuff is not going to get us anywhere. People are not going to listen to it. But uh, I think it's actually when people are meeting, it's, uh, it's actually better for the environment. The other thing I worry about, and I worry about this a lot, is overcrowding. The look, at, it's happened in Europe. You see it in Venice. You see it in Iceland, Barcelona. People are just saying, I don't want those, those t- tourists. I don't want those people to, when the meetings and all that. That's a concern we really have to watch out for. And it's starting in the U.S. We're starting to see it in Santa Barbara. We're starting to see it in uh, Colorado, parts of Florida, the Hamptons. Uh, the CVB director in the Hamptons went to a town meeting and she had all her research and she said, Do you understand? Without these visitors, you'd pay another $1,100 per year in taxes. They said, Raise our taxes, get rid of the tourists. That's what we're facing. Uh, homelessness, another challenge. So it's all these issues put together that we've got to really be at the table. We've got to be telling our story. It's like a checking account. We've got to get more deposits because they're going to start coming to try and take things out of our bank accounts. So this is something that's coming. We've got to tell the story. I talked to CEOs. They have no idea. I said, what is going on? And a CEO of one company said, I think my competitor is so worried about this. I don't see it as a big problem, but 
at least we're doing things about it because we want to. I've had a head of a theme park say, I haven't had one customer yet say I'm not coming to my theme park because of climate change or environment. But it's, it's coming and we've got to be at the table or it will have a problem for us. Speaking of problems, international trade issues, um, how does that affect our business? Well, again, we are trade. As I, as I said uh, earlier, the only reason people meet is for commerce and trade. Anything that has to do with trade is a problem. Now, uh, we've been watching very carefully China. China's down 5% first quarter of this year, <coughs> and probably about 5% uh, during the year. And that's, that's off uh, 3.2 million Chinese visitors. So you take 5%, you're still talking a lot of Chinese visitors coming. But if this thing keeps up, uh, it'll be a challenge. The great thing is yesterday getting uh, USMCA looks like it's moving forward. It's still going to be probably, it probably has to wait till the whole impeachment thing happens till it actually becomes official. But USMCA, we predict that that passes will add another $1.7 billion to our industry. If it hadn't passed, we're probably at risk of $5 billion. So there's a $7 billion swing in this little thing that you, you, say, you look at it and say, oh, it doesn't affect us. Yes, it does. The other thing is getting people to come here. If they can't get a visa, if they can't come here, they're not going to be an international show. Amy talked about all that new space. Well, the people are having those spaces are coming from all over the world for their events. Gary Shapiro from uh, Consumer Electronics Show said, he said, what worries me, if I don't see enough people speaking another language on the floor or dressing a little differently, I worry. Because then they say, hey, the action's in Singapore, the real action's in Dubai, the real action is here. And we've got to make sure that our shows, our meetings, have that international flair and are healthy. Um, what about the good news? Can, can you find any good news to show? <laughs> <laughs> There's some good news. Uh, one, as I said, USMCA passing is, is, is really, really important to us. When we started playing with uh, visa waiver, uh, there were 27 countries that you could, you could come here with just your passport. You didn't have to have a visa. Uh, there's now 39. Uh, so we've added 13 visa waiver countries in the past 10 years. Uh, we just added Poland, I guess about three, two or three weeks ago, Poland went in the visa waiver program. And to give you an idea why this is so important, when South Korea went in the visa waiver program, there were 400,000 South Koreans came to the United States. 18 months later, 850,000 South Koreans came to the United States. Last year, 2 million South Koreans came to the United States. So that's why it's so, so important. We're working very hard to get Israel. We'll be next. We're close, uh, probably the next year. Uh, we hope to see Israel uh, go in the visa waiver program. And the, the big prize is Brazil. Uh, if we can get Brazil into the visa waiver program. We just got global entry into Brazil, so that's a first step. Uh, but if we can get Brazil, we'll add another million visitors uh, right away, which is uh, a real, real plus. So that's good news. So adding visa waiver countries, adding more pre-clearance is, is really important. We're adding more pre-clearance in Canada. And what pre-clearance is, you know, if you go to Ireland or when you come to Canada, you're clearing customs over there. And the reason that's so good is then as soon as you land, if you're landing in LA and you're going to Vegas, you just go just like you're traveling from uh, Houston. And so you don't have to go through customs. So that's a huge plus. It takes the heat off. The other thing that's uh, very positive is biometrics. Biometrics is coming very fast. U.S. was way behind, and now we're, we're leading, and people are watching us. If, you, if you're in Atlanta, uh, Miami, Dallas, you'll start seeing biometrics. And what's basically going to happen, probably I'm hoping three to five years from now, you won't have a TSA. 
you'll basically walk down a corridor to get on your flight, and all of you will be get on the flight, and all of a sudden they'll say, oh, Mr. Moore, come over here, please, and uh, make sure and they're going to pat him down. Uh, so the bottom line is, uh, but facial recognition, so it hits 99 spots on your face, and I've, I've seen demonstrations, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, people can walk and boom, 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 within seconds, it decides who you are, and then they'll have it at your plane. So they, you may have gone, you know, Lauren went through, but maybe Lauren changed with someone else and is getting on that plane. Now as you're getting on the plane, they know who it is. It's gonna speed everything up phenomenally. That's a big plus. A negative that we really have to watch, I don't know, I ask, don't do it now because it causes a lot of commotion, but uh, take out your driver's license at some point and take a look at your driver's license and make sure you have a gold star in the upper right-hand corner. If you don't have a gold star in the upper right-hand corner, it means you don't have what's called a real ID. The real ID law was just passed, and which, what, here's what it means. October 1st of this year, coming up, October 1st, so we're 10 months out, anyone who doesn't have a driver's license with a gold star on it or a real ID is not getting on a plane. Homeland Security's been kicking the can down the road for 15 years now. This law passed in 2005, but you know the government, but they're saying, honest, this time it's going to happen. So we we predict that if we don't aggressively as an industry get people to get the real ID, we're going to be in deep, deep trouble. 57% of Americans have no idea this is going on. They have no idea if they have a real ID. They don't even know about it. 90 million Americans don't have a real ID. 90 million. So you can imagine the rush on when they start realizing this uh, and start trying to go to their motor vehicle. Worse is going to be, we predict the first day, if we don't change this, 80,000 people are not going to get on a plane. So think of it. You're having your meeting. You're all set. And all of a sudden, 4% of your people don't show up or 5%. And the hotel is saying, hey, you got to pay attrition here. They didn't show up. say, hey, it's not my fault. That's, they didn't have the right ID. The hotel is you know, going to have... 20 people not show up that night. They guarantee the room and they're saying, I want my money back. The hotel say, no, it's not our fault. You should have gotten your real ID. So it's a real problem if we don't get this thing solved and uh, we've got to get it fixed. So what we're doing is we're trying to mobilize the whole industry to give things out of the front desk because every front desk checks, they, they should just say, Lauren, you need to get a new, here's a piece of paper, check this out. It doesn't take time. TSA has to do that. But we're not moving fast enough, and we're really too. New Jersey just got real ID. Oh, so you're in Jersey, so you may be in trouble. Are you, do you live in New York or New Jersey? Okay, you're in trouble. Okay, you're, no, it's a great place. Uh, but you're in trouble because uh, Jersey, New Jersey just put real ID into place like a month ago. So everyone in New Jersey has to get their license fixed. Uh, so it's, it's a real challenge. Oklahoma, same thing. A lot of states are way ahead. Florida, Nevada have been doing this for a while. But this is something, and almost nobody knows about it, that is going to be a real problem for the meetings industry. I didn't know that about New Jersey, so thank you. But we did, I did just write an article about how Real ID is going to be necessary by next Thanksgiving. And that was, you know, Kathy from your organization is so amazing. And she said, help us get the word out. And um, so I submitted this article to my managing editor for, for the daily newsletter. And she said, well, that's not very timely. This doesn't happen for a year, and it's already been announced. And I said, but we need to start getting the word out. And so that was a few weeks ago, and it is one of our most read articles 
every day since. It's in the top ten. So people are taking note, and it does show that there's a need for, you know, for information there. It's happening at, the, you know, in October. Uh, just think of it. We saw those ads, those fun ads on about Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving is Amateur Week, so you're gonna you're gonna a huge number of people that are gonna be traveling that don't travel and don't even know this and won't realize it. And and the problem is going to be okay. Let's say we all get our, our we have our real ID, but it's that grandmother in front of the line who's going to see her grandson's graduation or birthday or whatever, who's told you can't get on the plane. She's not just going to say, oh, okay, I'll come back next week. No, she's going to start pounding her fist and demanding, and she's going to hold the entire line. So it's going to be chaos. So we really got to get something done on this. The other thing that concerns me, Lauren, is uh, boycotts is on, on social issues. I don't care what the social issue is, there's somebody that's against it, and there's somebody that's for it. And uh, we're seeing more and more groups are saying, I know, I, I know how I got attention. I'll boycott that area. I won't go to North Carolina, or I won't go to Texas, or I won't go here. Uh, actually, folks in California, if you work for the California government, you can't go anywhere because uh, they ban travel to almost every state in the country for some issue somewhere in California. So the California the government employees are pretty much homebound. But that's a whole issue because, uh, and we've got to we've got to speak up and let people know that it really doesn't work. Uh, we haven't seen huge changes because someone boycotted travel or boycotted having a meeting somewhere. But what it does, it hurts the people that need the jobs the most. We employ one out of ten Americans, and the people that are out of a job when a boycott happens is not anyone in this room. But it's the waiter, it's the front desk person, it's the housekeeper that absolutely needs that job for to pay the rent next next week or next month. So it's really important that we speak up and say, hey, you know, let, don't hurt people that need the jobs. You find another way of getting your issue across. But boycotts aren't working. But the bottom line, it just puts people out of work. Thank you, Roger. Who who can stump Roger with a tough question? Roger, good morning, Joe Marinelli from Savannah. Uh, thanks for bringing up the over-tourism issue and the weaponization of over-tourism. You know, it's, a, it's an issue for us in Savannah and Charleston, places along the coast here, but also in New Orleans and Manhattan and so forth. Uh, what are some of the tools that uh, are available to uh, destinations like ours to uh, combat the weaponization of uh, over-tourism? We, uh, there's a lot of things that are being done, uh, and we're, we're compiling. We're putting toolkits together. Uh, if you're, you know, one of our members, uh, you can get, you can go on our website. But we have all sorts of uh, thoughts and what people are doing, and some best practices. Uh, a, a real like, if take Savannah for instance. I've, I've been to Savannah many times. But if I ask you, tell me five things to do in Savannah that I've never even thought of or near Savannah, you can tell me 10 things. And I think what we have to do is we've got to also get people here, but spread them out too. Get them to the other places, other parts of things that are great to do. We've got to be able to do that. One thing we've got to do, we've got to strike from our vocabulary the word record. We all like to, if we're at a CBB or a state tourism or a company, say, hey, we set another record. Uh, you talk about record number of tourists in Orlando, record number of uh, visitors or meetings in Las Vegas, whatever. And I think we talk ourselves into it because people, ah, I know that's a problem. So the, the traffic on, on, in L.A. on the 405 or whatever gets blamed on the tourists. It, it's not really the tourists, but the bottom line is we say we set another record in L.A. They're going, oh, oh I know that's what the problem with the road is. So I think we've got to strike the word record out of anything we say. Talk to ourselves and our, our boards that we set a record, but everyone else we're saying, hey, because what we do, 1,500 more teachers are in Savannah. Because what we do, the police force is 
you know, 30% funded because we're able to get other people coming here and get people to understand that when these tourists and visitors and people come for meetings, that they're actually helping the city. But stop talking about setting a record. I think it's, it's just going to fuel the flames. Roger, the, uh, you mentioned the Obama comments earlier, and they, and at the time that was very crippling to the industry, but by the end of his administration, he became one of the most pro-travel uh, presidents that we've had by standing in front of Disney, signing the Travel Promotion Act. The current administration, I think we all are optimistic because of the background that this is going to be a pro-travel. It doesn't quite seem to, to feel that way. So is there, is there a mood in Washington, a mood with travel, and how we are shaping the administration to make sure we are protected long-term? Well, that's a very good point, Richard. The, uh, when we met with Obama, it was, it was really interesting. Obama didn't understand travel and tourism whatsoever. Uh, and it, it, it turned out we were putting together something called CEO Roundtable, the billion-dollar-plus CEOs. And their first meeting happened to be right after he made that comment. I was I called over the White House and I said, "We've got all these CEOs coming into uh, D.C. Uh, can you send someone over to s- uh, speak to them?" And they they said, "Sure." And they called me back as on a Thursday. And they said, "Rahm Emanuel will come over and he can speak to your group between 7:21 and 7:30, but he has to be out by 7:30. You got nine minutes, okay?" I go, oh, "Okay, we'll take Rahm Emanuel for nine minutes." Uh, <laughs> then I sent the list of who was coming, and they saw the Bill Marriotts and the Christensettas and the, you know, Steve Maritzes and people like that, and they said, "Whoa, wait a minute." Uh, why don't you bring your group over to the White House? And that's not Friday. They're coming in on Tuesday. So we go on uh, Friday. Uh, they said, come to the White House. And I said, look, these, these folks don't need cufflinks or pins or White House pins or whatever. They said, no, 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 you're going to meet with someone really important. I said, yeah, last time I fell for that, some 30-year-old gave me a lecture on Social Security. Uh, so no, I'm not doing that. And they said, no, 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 this is really, you're going to meet with someone important. I said, who? They said, Larry Summers. I said, oh, great. Uh, his head, he's Obama's chief financial advisor. So uh, we met, uh, it was supposed to meet Larry Summers, and it turns out we met with Obama. And he came in, and he had a chip on his shoulder. He said, you know, I know you're mad at me for my Vegas comment. It had nothing to do with you. And Bill Marriott's sitting right next to him. He turns to him and said, excuse me. He didn't say young man. He said, but do you know what that comment did to our industry? And I saw the light go off in Obama's eyes, and he started taking care of it. Opposite. We went and met with Trump on September the 4th. We met with uh, Ivanka Trump and Larry Kudlow first, and then the president came in. And we, we spoke to him, and it, we, we weren't getting traction. And the challenge is, and he, he's in the business. And uh, I walked in, he walked in the room, he said, hey, he said, you must all be pretty happy with me. He said, you're doing pretty well. I said, Mr. President, we want to do great. Uh, so he laughed at that, but the bottom line, then we talked to him about a welcoming message. We're getting there, we're, but we're working very hard with Kudlow, with other people, and it's getting through. Now, they were opposed to brand new, of all things, not the president, but uh, the administration to Brand USA. They're now on board of Brand USA. But we're, we're, we've got to talk numbers more. We've got to get them to understand that we're a $69 billion trade surplus. We've got to get the numbers because numbers talk and jobs talk. So it's been slower than we'd like with this administration, but they're slowly getting there. But it's been, it's been a lot harder than it was with Obama. Thank you, Roger. And with that, we need to, I'm getting the, the cut sign. Um, I have to get in a kayak or something. But thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And thank you for your questions as well.
Thanks for listening to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. Be sure to rate and review us and subscribe. Check back for new episodes soon.